1: All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you tuning in on the uh, final day of the Major League Baseball regular season. Games 162 will be played across the country uh, here today. Uh, the playoffs are set. Today is absolutely meaningless, kind of like a spring training day. Nothing to play for. Uh, the wild card rounds have been set. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. One of those uh, wildcard participants are the St. Louis Cardinals. They win the division. They will host. Uh, they will play on, uh, well they all do, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Cardinals uh, hosting the Phillies and we'll talk to our friend Brian Walton, CardinalNation.com. He'll start the guest list coming up here at about 10.25. We'll go from that to David Eichholt from 24-7 Sports, Hawkeye Insider. He was part of the Kirk Ferentz and the Players Media Scrum yesterday. To kick off our number two, we'll do likewise, but uh, we'll be in Ames with a friend, Dave Sproul, who covers Iowa State, and he was there yesterday for the press conferences. So Dave will uh, join us, pick his brain on the, uh, at least the American League participants. He's a good baseball man, so we'll talk to Dave Sproul at 11.05, and then the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Papa John Central Iowa sponsors this weekly segment with the one exception when the Chiefs have the bye week Uh, Mitch is uh, also on by but he joins us every single Wednesday otherwise uh, throughout the regular season to talk about those Chiefs and they had a Really impressive win the other day. They're Monday night football coming up, are they not? I think they are. Raiders, Chiefs, Monday Yes, night?
2: yeah, that's Monday night. Mr. Uh, Monday night's already fired up oh, for Oh,
1: you are. Has, mm-hmm. I wonder if he's, got a, if, if he's got a side already he's leaning towards. Well, he's hitting 80% on the
2: year. He's on fire. Yeah, absolutely. 2-0 um, last night, by the way, in the picks also. Were you? I yeah, mean, what, T-Wolves won outright. They were up 60-something at one point. <laughs> is, is that what it was? That's um, my son
1: text me. He said, I think he said they're up 61 at one point, I don't know. I I couldn't watch. We're gonna be it. watching some T wolves this winter, you and I. I think they. I think they're gonna have got a chance to be really good. I agree with you. Um, I I agree with you. And I think they're thirty. I checked. They're thirty five. Don't do that. No, I, I did more than check Trent. No, you did. <laughs> yeah, not. I did. Uh, After eight thirty. Yeah, about quarter to nine. Oh no. Um, they're thirty five to one. Right as
2: it's hitting you. Yeah, <laughs> feeling good. This is the right move. <laughs> The, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh-huh. First of all, the, the first part of it, Minnesota. Right. I mean, you're, they're cursed, right. right? Any team that has that uh, in, in, the, in the in their name, you have no shot. Not just to yeah, win a playoff series. Nope. You didn't bet her to make the playoffs. Nope. You bet them. Went for the kill. The whole thing. Absolutely.
1: Why not? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, uh, so um, that's the BMW Des Moines guest list. It was a weird night of sports. I did watch Judge, and that's where I was tuned into last night. Oh, you're lucky. I wish
2: I would have been. But yeah, it, I'm, it was I just pretty I'm, cool. I'm so kind of over it.
1: It's just kind of. I, I thought it was going to happen sooner, right? right? He just kept yeah. waiting, waiting, yeah. waiting, uh, and maybe that's pressure that got to him. But he got the. Uh, he hit it out of the ballpark, and and this time, this there was a ball that was caught. Have you seen the highlight on Twitter of the fans? So they showed the left field seats. Uh, what's the ballpark in uh, Global Life? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah. Global Life Field in, um, in in Arlington. And you can see the fans as they get set. They, they know the ball's headed their direction. And if you look closely on the left-hand side of the screen as you're looking at it, you can see a fan. Looks like he falls out oh. of the stand. Now, he's not falling out of the stands. My theory, and I'm not alone is he had hoped that the ball wasn't going to make it to the seats that uh-huh. would end up in that... Remember McGuire's home run? Oh, absolutely. ended up uh, Line shot. Line shot. It ended up, I don't know, the big kind back of a maintenance
2: zone. area. Is that what it was? Yeah, they, they, it was big Backland. It was McDonald's-like sponsor. Well,
1: it never made the seats. It, mm-hmm. it made it to uh, somewhere the employees were hanging out. And this guy, in my... And I think this is what had to be in his mind. He's going to jump. Mm-hmm. The ball's not going to make the seats, and I'm going to fall on it. It's going to be mine. Right. All mine. Uh, but it did make the seats. But if you get a look, if you get, All if right. you can see it, look, it's on the left side of your screen. They don't show it a lot. Uh-huh. You mean, just see a dude like a body falling. So I wonder if he's okay. Um, obviously, his uh, pocketbook's a little hurt, is uh, the ball did make the seats. Two million dollars. That's what the uh, estimates are for the ball. And apparently, this is according to Ravel, I mean, Maybe, I don't know, I mean, he's, he knows more about this than I do, I think. I think he makes I, a lot of
2: crap up, too. And I think he probably does, too.
1: <laughs> but who am I to debate him, right? Because right. I just don't yeah. know. So, But he said the ball is probably worth two,
2: and if he doesn't hit a home run today, that the that the value of the ball will likely double. Well, and what I was thinking is, say he hits one today, what would you rather have, 62 or 63 or whatever the final number is? I think the one that broke the record, 62. You think so, huh? I, I think it would be the last one. See, I told you. I don't know anything about this. Yeah. It may be. Maybe. Maybe. Because that's ultimately going to be the American League home run record. Ball. It would be 63, right. Yes, that's what we would remember. Not, yeah, I think you're probably How right, many right? home runs did Judge hit that year? It wasn't, well, he got to 62. and then, No, it's what the uh-huh. final number is. Yeah, I Bonds, think you're right. It's 73. Mm-hmm. You don't want the one that. 71. Yeah. You don't. 62. You had the 62 ball of bonds. What's that mean? Uh, I think you're right. Or what? I guess it had been 70 to break McGuire's, right? Correct. Yeah. So 71, you don't want 71. You want 73. Uh Because, yeah, you want 71 at the time. Right. But then
1: 72 happened and then 73 ultimately happened. But it's done and I think we're all better off for it.
2: Thank God they're not going to cut into. College football coming mm-hmm. up this weekend. Have you heard any of the calls, the home run calls? Michael Kay and of course John Sterling on radio. Sterling's was excellent.
1: I thought it was great. I did too. I, I thought it was really good. I'm glad he got a chance to call it. He's in his 80s. Uh, he's not. He wasn't traveling as much with the team anymore. Um, you know, he's one of those voices that, like him or not, he's been a. Vo- if you're a fan. You know, not necessarily the Yankees. Uh, I saw something on Twitter, Keith Jackson calling Vince Young's yeah. uh, 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 touchdown run in the Rose Bowl, which was in the Rose Bowl. Um
2: spectacular. Well, let's hear John Sterling's call. I've got it a queued good. up here, yeah, because... Can you find Keith Jackson's Vince Young call? Yeah, I'll find it. To the corner! Here's number 62 from the Yankee Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Swung on. There it goes.
0: Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number
3: 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 60 second. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger Hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a
1: single season. That's pretty good. That was good. That was really good. Um, the fact that he was able to work in Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he got Roger Maris as part of the call. He got the history, which yeah, for awesome. baseball is so important. And you know what, Trent? That's a, good, that's a valid point on your part. No one guards the records like MLB. Um, the fact that I believe... I don't think I've heard a call that that mentions the history, the the guys that did it before him sixty and then sixty one and then sixty two. I don't think that Michael K. Um, got that. No, that's not fair. Sterling is straight trash. No, he's not. He's, he's got not. that text. He's not. not. You don't have to like. He's him. a Homer. Yes, he is. But who is it? To an nth degree, he no, takes. Turn it. on the Hawkeyes. Turn on the Cyclones. <laughs> right. You don't think we got homers working in this building? That
2: is. <laughs> what calls on the radio Precisely. you're working for a network and you're employed by an organization and the organization. team has the rights of the what, yes. what's that disclaimer at the end of it <laughs> the right to the
1: broadcasters or whatever um, that's what they're supposed to and that's the baseball Benny that sent that you know he was invited to the party oh yeah I'm going to see if we can rescind, rescind that rescind it that's a good after call. that yeah. text yeah. I don't think he deserves to be at the 21st KX KXNO he's out let's out. give those tickets to Derek I like that I like it too will you owe Derek Oliver. a beer no,
2: I don't owe Derek Kabir.
1: I don't owe Derek Kabir. <laughs> I got the Keith Jackson call here for Let you. Me play that another iconic one. Fourth
0: and five, the national championship on the line, right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it.
1: <laughs> that voice, perfect. Right. It's Didn't football. kill it. Young Didn't oversell stars. it. Going to the corner, uh you, you not see that play in your minds, folks, as you're driving into work or wherever you're doing here this morning. That one is goosebumps. Oh, goosebumps! This absolute ter-
2: tremendous. Sterling's was good too. It Sterling's was. was good too. And Sterling, yes, he has lost his fastball. He's not what he once was. There's he's eighty of... something years old, and that's going to happen, right? But it's still entertaining. Yeah, it's still. And if you're a Yankee fan, uh-huh. that's your voice. Absolutely, you did, you've never heard a different voice. Who would you rather have, Michael K? Calling a no, big game John or Sterling. John Sterling. It, John Sterling. It's not even close. K is fine. Uh-huh. He's not John Sterling. He's not John Sterling. <laughs> right. I am not a Yankee fan. No, the I? But I respect uh-huh. John Sterling. Anybody that's done it for that long. And has done it at a high level. Right, exactly. Yes, the home run calls can be a little hokey. Mm-hmm. That's, but part of the shtick, in right? Game 43 and whatever it would be, the third week in May and... <laughs>
1: You know, there's a lot of baseball left to be played, but he's your guy, and uh, and he was last night. Good stuff out of him. All right, let's talk a little bit about, uh, and we'll talk obviously more about this. Iowa and Iowa State and what we heard at their press conferences yesterday. Doesn't it seem to you like um, that what Bielema and company are poised to do on Saturday night is exactly what Illinois did the week before against Wisconsin? Gray Mertz, we don't think you can beat us. Yep. We're going to take away, we're going to take away Allen.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer Petrus, we don't think you can beat us. Isn't that what's, isn't it simple? Bielema is going to come to this game just like that game plan last week. If you can beat us, if Spencer Petrus can throw for more yards than he ever has in his career, 260 in his first start ever, you can win this game. Mm-hmm. If not, we are going you know, to beat you. Go back to that game. Yep. Go back to the day he threw in his first start of his career. Against Purdue.
1: Through two hundred On the road, yep, though nobody in the stands. Yeah, I remember it. Uh, for 260 yards.
2: What was the feeling the next day? Or not the next day, the Monday, when we reconvened here? I think it was, all right, we see why he was just handed this job. Mm-hmm. Because it was a huge question for me, and it mm-hmm. remains now three years later. Right. Because we've never seen anything like this. Kirk Ferentz, you have to earn your spot. It doesn't matter if you're Dallas Clark or Eric Steinbach. Or Bob Sanders, you have to be out there. Pretty good list you just mentioned. You have to earn your spot, though. There has never been this is your job and you keep it. Mm -hmm. It is every year. You got to come ready to play. You got to practice. You got to do all the things in Iowa football. And when Nate Stanley's eligibility came to an end, Spencer Petrus is our guy. Mm -hmm. There are other quarterbacks on campus, but there was never, Mm -hmm. even that first spring, that never turned into a spring practice, but it was his job. Yeah. I, I, I never remember any position player. But was, was it because they he
1: he did them a solid and committed when they could have had the they could have had Zack Wilson. They could. Um well not, that's not a
2: solid. That's a huge mistake well, on the staff's part. No, I don't disagree. Who was the other quarterback that was in there? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. that was right. their backup plan if they didn't get one of those
1: two. And Peters was first. Was that what that it was? was? Spencer was first to say I'm going to be a hawk.
2: That's what and then it cooled on the other two. Yeah, they He was committed to Oregon State. Oregon State was going through a coaching change. Iowa made the call. O'Keefe made the call. Brian made the call and got him on a visit. He was set up to visit first and then Mm -hmm. it was going to be the following week. Zach Wilson, they found that Petrus was going to commit. They said, Zach Wilson, we're good. We got our quarterback. Mm -hmm. We got him. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Five years later. Yeah. And you're
1: still asking the same question.
2: I just, I don't understand it. I know he's a great person. We were talking to Todd Bromelkamp last week when we were over in Clinton, who's on the beat. He does his radio show, obviously, in Cedar Rapids, Mm -hmm. but also works for Voice of the Hawkeyes. He's been on the beat for 25 years. Yep. And I'm glad we spent time with him. By the way, I, he's he's a great I'm with
1: guy you. just to hang out. Yeah, I with. didn't, I didn't. I mean, I knew who he was, mm-hmm. um, but it we was, saw him in Chicago, fun. a big Ten right, media right, days a We few were times. friendly and cordial, right. and uh, had a couple of laughs. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was
2: one of my highlights from last week was Bravo Camp. So quarter century on the beat, ran into a lot of players, and he said, "There's a, there's good guys all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. Iowa has had good guys come through that program, but there's something different about Petrus and." He said, "For him, that's what makes it difficult because he's such a good person. He is so easy to root for, and the beat guys know he stinks. They they know that there's been issues, <laughs> yeah. but it's so hard because he's such a good person, right. To get too negative, about critical, it. and I get that. And, and that's, he's there
1: every single Tuesday, Trent, yeah. and he's there at the, at the every post game. He's there to answer their questions, to help with he'll their He'll Give story. him a good quote. Absolutely, he'll, he'll do everything
2: that you need. He's a soundbiter. He's yes. a quote for a column." And that's what you need. Mm -hmm. He's smart that way. So I get that. And now think about it inside the locker room. That's what it ultimately is. Kirk sees him as that leader, that guy. I don't believe it. I I can't see it from the outside in. Do you think the teammates revere him like we were, I don't know if we're led to believe,
1: but we we have to believe that there is a leadership quality Mm -hmm. that the
2: staff sees, right? Oh, absolutely. Do you think the teammates feel that way necessarily? I think they like him. Uh-huh. I think it's that same kind of thing, that he is respected because he's well-liked and he's mm-hmm. a good person and all those things. But how many times over these three years have we seen a wide receiver throw his hands up? Uh, a shaking of the head as a running back to after a third and eight miss. Mm-hmm. We see that a ton. I, I think you've seen it more in these last three years than you had in the 21 years previous yeah. with Kirk, with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always going to be a time. There's going to be a time. Wide receivers, and a little bit of a diva, those sure. kind of things. That's going to happen. And DJK, they had personalities at the wide receiver spot in the past. He could play, though, Trent. But nothing like this. Yeah. And we're not talking about big, flamboyant personalities, either. There's no DJK on this roster the last three no, years. No, that's you know, Amir Smith-Marset, he had a little flamboyancy he to did, him. He did, and it cost him. Remember, he got hurt diving he or he doing tipped, a somersault did, into the end did zone. Did that flip and right. hurt his ankle. Really. They've had those guys, but I can't remember... So many head shakes on the way to the sideline. Mm-hmm. Kind of throw your hands up. And what was that? Mm-hmm. They respect him, but they see what we see, right? I, would, I, I believe you have to. I believe you have to. Meanwhile, at Iowa
1: State, they're getting set to take on Deuce Vaughn mm-hmm. and Adrian Martinez. Um, and, and this isn't going to be easy <laughs> in either of those fronts, right? Yeah. And I I mean, Haycock is, 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 is a witch. He's terrific right. at what he does. And I love the fact that this guy is... is um, able to make the adjustments through, uh, during the game and especially at halftime as we've seen over the course of his career. But this is going to be as tough a test as he's going to have all year long. I mean, these two. Adrian Martinez, Trent, is he's having a resurgence. I mean, he looks like he does did early in his Nebraska career when he was just running wild. And I think he's a little bit more accurate. And, oh, by the way, he's got a running back who's as good as there is in the
2: conference. We know this equation's pretty simple, right? Have a lead going into the second half, and because of what you mentioned with Haycock, you're going to be fine. Can you do that, though? I mean, can you button it up? They got down 14 nothing to Kansas. Mm-hmm. They have to run the football. I don't think they can afford to do that against Kansas State.
1: No, I don't think they can either, Trent. I'm with you. I don't think that they can fall behind two touchdowns and come back and win this football game. They have to run the football. And Brock is really questionable. Mm-hmm. And Norton is in, in the same boat as Jirel Brock. And no offense to the other two, but you're going to be asking... Um, you know, those two, what, are they redshirt freshmen
2: now, I think, right, yeah. and Sanders? Well, and um, did one of them end up playing more than four games last year? Silas? Actually, yeah. I think one of them did. I think one of the two ended up playing more, but yeah, they're same. Yeah, Silas might have played more. They're the same grade, though. Mm-hmm. Came in at the same time, and yeah, yep. the second year on campus for both those guys, and they're both fine. But they're not difference you know, makers. And no. know we've heard from Norton, a difference maker. And Nick Olson told us on Monday, it was not the hamstring. Right, he said it was an ankle. It was a new injury uh-huh. that happened in practice last week. How significant? We won't know until Saturday. Well, Campbell
1: certainly downplayed both. Now, uh-huh. I mean, when he's talking about injuries, you have to take it with uh, a whole um, huge grain shaker of salt. Of salt. Yes. <laughs> it's not a grain, <laughs> um, but who knows? They're going to need him. They're going to yes. need him. Deckers is going to have to. Um, he can't make mistakes. Nope. And get the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker because if they can't run the ball, then. And this K State's got some dudes on the, on the defensive front, too. They're going to be getting after the passer. Yeah. It's a big game for both schools. You know, Mike Palm told me yesterday when we were taping our um, Iowa Everywhere podcast mm-hmm. that they were talking um, in, in, at circa at some point, I think within the last couple of days, about Iowa and Iowa State, that they may, both of these schools, after this week, may be favored in only one game going forward. Only one game. And the rest of the week. I'm not so way. sure. I mean, for Iowa, won't they be favored? Look, they're going to be favored over Northwestern.
2: Oh yeah. But what they won't they be favored over Nebraska? They were at least an elite sports book. We talked about those right. lines that were out. I mean, it was it wasn't
1: it, was, it wasn't a significant number. It was right. pretty tight. But their their thought process is they might not be favored other than Northwestern. I think Nebraska they'll be favored.
2: I think they were favored by four and a half last week, if if memory serves, in that game against Nebraska. We'll see. Nebraska showed signs of life last week. Mm-hmm. They get Rutgers. Yeah, this they got week. Indiana. Yeah, still they beat Illinois. Shouldn't have. <laughs> they did. Well, I know. And, and they got the victory. And maybe mm-hmm. that that bye week came at a really good time for them. Mm-hmm. Possibly. So
1: when it comes to Iowa State, their their thought process will be favored against West Virginia, sure, and they will. At Texas, no. no. Home to Oklahoma, no. no. At Oklahoma State, no. Home to Texas Tech, yes, probably. Yes. At TCU. No. No, they won't be favored. No. No way they'll be favored.
2: So one game? Maybe two? two?
1: West Virginia and Texas Tech, I think.
2: Those would be the two. Mm -hmm. And not huge. No.
1: And what does that mean? I mean, at the end of the day, really Nothing. nothing. Right. But it's just a different way of looking at it. We're going to talk some baseball with Brian Walton next. Phillies? Cardinals. It's a good series. It's a huge series. This is a huge series. This is going to be really a lot of good.
2: fun. I mean, you get Schwarber out there mm-hmm. and what he's done this year, leading mm-hmm. the National League at home runs. Kind of been overshadowed, obviously, with Judge. Yeah, no, you're, it's a good point. Phillies in the playoffs for the first time in mm-hmm. 11 years. Really, really good series. How I, many of the home teams don't make it out of this weekend? So I put together a parlay, actually, with both NL teams. Mets and Cardinals to advance.
1: And do, you didn't touch the American League squad. Didn't touch the American League. Because mm-hmm, you think Tampa Bay's going to give Cleveland a run? I do. Likewise, it, Seattle.
2: Given the Jays all they want, so I bet parlayed together. Yeah, is about plus one eighty, I think. Cardinals to advance, mm-hmm. just have to win the series two to mm-hmm. one, one two nothing doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the Mets. Uh, the other one though, the Rays to win that series against the Guardians two to one. It's two to one. That's a good price. I I loved it. I yeah. jumped aboard on that. So yeah. those those are the bets that I've made already. I love that we have also a little lead up into getting to this, you know, lead up getting into the playoffs now where. Everything's set. Yeah. It'd be great to have something matter on 162. Yeah, but there's nothing tonight. But because the playoff matchups are set, a mm-hmm. little more time to do a little handicapping. I, you know? I'm with you. And that's what I did in fact last night.
1: Should they have um, taken Sunday off? And Sunday. Instead of playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week, shouldn't they should they have done
2: Friday, Saturday? Oh, I got gotcha. you. It's King Football. You got to get these games in. I guess you've extended, and they've never they've squeezed the window to begin with. They pushed it back, mm-hmm. obviously, because of the labor stoppage that we had. And there's not as many
1: March. days off during the ra- during the the remainder of October. Mm-hmm. All of these series get condensed. It is such a huge, huge advantage to be off this weekend. Yeah, because let, let's look at the Mets. It, say they win it. They win the first two. They mm-hmm. they they win their series over Sandy. I don't think they will, but you'll have used Degrom, yep, and you'll have used Scherzer. And when will you be able to use those guys again in the next series? If you in win, the middle of it, it's a five game series. If you, you, you win once. game one,
2: who starts Degrom or Scherzer? Game one. Have they announced that? Uh, they have not. Say it, Scherzer. You win game one. Yeah. Do you come with Bassett game two, and then keep him, and then. You can start Degrom in Game One if you sweep two nothing. Now that's again if you win Game One. I like it. I do because too because
1: that saves your guy for the first. For, it's a best of five the division. Yep. So you're only going to get him once for the in all likelihood. Right. Although if you, yeah, I think you do. I think you've put Bassett in Game Two. And I think you back. put Barrios in Game Two. You save Gossman maybe for now. If you're minutes, down a one, you got go with You, you, you have yeah, to go with your, you go with yeah. your guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. but if you're up uh-huh. one nothing, if you have the luxury, you get that first game. I'm interested to see what these managers that's do. A really now. Good, that's, that's a really be good. That's really good. we'll talk to Brian Walton. Their their staff's a little bit different though. Well, who are they going to start, Michaelis? <sighs> It's a great question for
1: Brian Walton. Well, uh, and, and the good news is he's with us when we come back. It's Miller and Condon underway on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Call one 800 bets off
0: It's time for the Urology Center of Iowa Audio Cut of the Day. The fight of the ball. And that ball is crushed. Deep out to left. And history has landed in Arlington. A set to me appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa at 515-400-3550 or Iowa-URO.com.
1: All right, that was uh, Rangers broadcaster, former Iowa Cubs yes. broadcaster Dave Raymond. How cool the is TV. that? Yeah, pretty good spot. Let it breathe. Yes, he Let did. Let the home run speak for itself. Thanks to
2: Scott Saylor of the Iowa Cubs for passing that along to us. It's good that he was listening here this yes. morning. Uh, we appreciate that. Let's get to our friend Brian
1: Walton, covers the Cardinals, thecardinalnation.com. It's the Phillies and the Reds. Redbirds, they will play uh, best of three this weekend in St. Louis. They have not seen each other since before. Was it before the All-Star break? I think it was, going, it was close to the end, was it not? Brian, good morning to you. Uh, part uh, Point being, second half of the season, these two teams did not play, correct?
0: That's right. And But when they did, you know, they played pretty close in terms of number of games. But the guys at the front end of the rotation, uh, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, uh, have been exceptional not just against the Cardinals but against everyone, and especially Wheeler threw uh, 14 shutout innings against the Cardinals Yeesh. this season. So, you know, that inconsistent St. Louis offense is going to need to step forward in a big way.
1: Indeed they are. You know, more about the series, but but let's go back before we go forward. I want to go back to Sunday and just that uh, uh, that classy act by the Cardinals of taking – uh, Yachty, uh, and Wainwright and obviously Poolhouse out of the game at the exact same time. I know how the Cardinals feel about the, and recognize and honor their history. That's a big ask to make a three guys statue-esque walking off the field at the same time. But boy, that would be pretty cool, Brian. I, I would think, well, let me get your opinion. Are all three going to be, um, memorialized in a statue form at some point or, is that, uh, does that save for Hall of Famers? Because I'm not sure Wainwright is one.
0: Well, and that's, yeah, that's a great question. I think the first two, uh, Molina and Pujols, are definitely Hall of Famers. Wainwright, you know, a month ago I would have said, hey, he's going to come back another year and he's going to push for those 200 wins and, you know, kind of move himself into a borderline Hall of Famer. I, I'm not sure that that's going to happen now given Wainwright's struggles. But, you know, again, as you said, these are iconic Cardinals in a in – a, era in which players, you know, don't really stay with the same team very often. And, uh, you know, in the case of both Molina and Wainwright, they've spent their entire major league careers with St. Louis, and it's been a tremendous uh, thing to see, and, and it was great for the fans to be able to appreciate that moment.
2: Let's get into the rotation and talk about the way yeah. this is going to go. I mean, a lot of teams, obviously, obviously the Mets are pretty easy. You know who their top two and top three are with Bassett in there. This is a little bit different. Quintana has been nothing short but remarkable uh, since he has came over. It's surprising. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, he has taken it to another level. We know Jack Flirty, the highest upside of any of these guys. So let's just start with game one. Who gets the ball on Friday?
0: We don't know yet, but my money would be on Miles Michaelis, and he's a guy that you know came off injury, uh, had a great first season with St. Louis, and a couple years struggled with injury, and has been the really been the anchor of the rotation all year long. And I think for stability purposes, and for you know getting off on the right foot, I I, my guess is Michaelis in game one,
1: Hmm. and then.
0: Well, then you've got the lefties Quintana, the, the you know the two oh, that Montgomery. came in trade. Uh, yep. yeah, Quintana and Montgomery. Both of them have been good. Montgomery had a couple of bad starts, but he bounced back in his last one. And again, you know, had we been talking a month ago, I would have said absolutely Adam Wainwright's going to be your game one starter, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Yeah. Now it's down to you know he may not start at all. He'll probably be on the roster if for nothing else because of his his stature. But it's hard to right now, given how Wainwright struggled in his last four starts, it's hard to fathom putting him in, you know, a crucial situation. And again, that would have been unthinkable to say a month ago.
2: Let's say it's 1-1, go into game three. They use Michaelis in game one. They use Quintana in game two. Is it an automatic that Montgomery would get game three in the decider, or does Flaherty still have a chance?
0: That's a great question, and I'm not sure of the answer, Trent. I think think it could go either way. You know, the Cardinals have been very, very enthused by Jack Flaherty's progress he's made since he's come off the injured list but montgomery has been you know such a steady force i think either way you know we're not going to see guys get beyond a couple of guys on base and then have them pulled uh Flaherty has shown that he can pitch out of the bullpen if needed montgomery hasn't been asked to play that role so if i had to guess today i would say montgomery with Flaherty with uh flarity warming up you know pretty much from the second inning on
1: so where did it go wrong with wainwright uh, september's not been kind as you have mentioned what's behind it do you think brian
0: I don't know. Adam is saying, you know, it's mechanical. He just doesn't have a feel for his pitches. I wonder about, you know, remember all the build-up to Wainwright and Molina being the number yeah, one the battery? battery in terms yeah. of, you know, all time. I wonder if, you know, once that kind of passed, whether, you know, there might have been an uh, implicit, you know, mental letdown. And I'm not saying that Wainwright isn't a highly motivated pitcher, but he's a guy throughout his career who has used – targets has used slights has used anything mentally to give him additional motivation and you know he's 41 years old and you know it may be the end you know i'm nearing the end now but nobody knows for sure obviously if they knew what was what it was they would figure out it and fix it
2: talking right now to brian walton cardinal nation as we take a look at the matchup against the philly so of course with advancement then awaiting in the next round will be the atlanta braves Depending on the way it shakes out, two games or three to get there, we'll see what the pitching rotation looks
0: like. When would that ahead. be? Would it be Tuesday? Do you know, Brian, when that will start? I believe so. Yeah, I think one day off in one day between, off. and then they and then they yeah. get going right away. And the, you know, the whole idea was, you know, to have the wild card series in one location so they can be three mm-hmm. straight days, so mm-hmm. that the teams that have a bye don't get any more rusty than they already will be mm-hmm. missing five days.
2: You get that rest versus rust argument, and yeah, you keep it a little more succinct here. It certainly makes a whole lot of sense if it is the Braves, well, what will be the Braves if they advance there. That matchup, just how good this organization is, how good this team is, the rating champions, of course, in Major League Baseball. What would it take to upend them in a five-game series, which feels a little bit more palpable, maybe?
0: You know, I think it's the Cardinals' offense. We've seen all season long, you know, when Goldschmidt and Arenado are hot, uh, the Cardinals... You know, score enough to win. When they slump, there's just not enough to pick it up. And Albert Pujols has been a godsend in the second mm-hmm. half. I'm I'm here to fall on my sword to say Albert has hit right-handed pitching just as well <laughs> as left-handed pitching yeah. just to break. Yeah. And I didn't see that coming at all. But mm-hmm. I don't think Albert can do it alone. And both those guys have been given a little rest. Uh, Arnado's had some nagging physical issues. That's probably everybody does who's played 160 games. But I, I think the Cardinals offense has to score enough runs because the pitching is good, but the pitching is not great.
1: So, um, if you don't mind, would you get up off that sword because I need to—I need it for a minute because <laughs> I thought that. You know, this was just nothing more than ceremonial, right? Pulhos is going to put on the uniform and they're going to sell a few tickets, but he's clearly washed up. There's no way he's going to get the A Rod. Seven hundreds a pipe dream. Calm down, anybody that thinks that's going to happen. Yet here we are, <laughs> and he's hit one. Yeah, and tw- you and I, you and
0: I were both there. <laughs> right? I, I, I didn't think would have. I didn't think he would get enough at bats in the second uh-huh. half to to reach that seven hundred mark. What does he have? Is it 24, 25 now? Twenty. Uh, for this I know he had 17 in the second half I think it was 7 and 17 but so, I know it's I think it's 24 uh just just
1: remarkable uh, what what he has done uh and and the fact that he was able to do it wearing a cardinal you look yeah I get it um I think they did the right thing letting him walk for the amount of money that uh, Artie Moreno was going to pay him to become an angel but the fact that he was able to get back there Brian and do it at as uh, in St Louis and as a cardinal uh just kind of a uh, a cherry on top to what's become a really special season—one that I did not see coming, Brian. I did not think that this Cardinal team was better than the Brewers. I thought maybe the Cubs might be better than some think. One of these years, the Reds are going to wake up. I clearly thought the Brewers were the team. It's been a remarkable year for these Cardinals. What is behind it? Is is it you know? Is it the corner out uh, the corner infielders that have carried this team, or is there something more that you can point to?
0: You know. I- the, the 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 x factor has been one the negative side is the outfield in that both i mean uh you know um, Tyler O'Neill finished fourth in the in the MVP voting last year, and he's you know been injured again, hasn't really produced. Dylan Carlson injured, hasn't really produced. The out and then Harrison Bader of course got hurt and traded, but yet the young players have stepped up. You look at the Brendan Donovan for example, uh, you know who's now the starting second baseman with with um, Nolan Gorman having been sent down, and then on the pitching side, Andre Pallante who filled in in the rotation. Straight starts did very well and has been a trusted reliever. Now some of these young guys that we weren't counting on were able to step up and help fill the gap. Lars Nootbaar, who is you know I thought was a fourth outfielder, has had stints where he's played you know at an all-star level. So the the young guys have really stepped in and helped fill the gap, but they're not playoff tested. And I think you know when you get against these teams with a you know offense like Schwarber and Bohm and Bryce Harper, it, you know it's going to be hard.
1: Indeed, it is. Uh, do you, do you, what's, what's the key to getting by these Phillies? You believe.
0: Well, the Cardinals have the home-field advantage, and I don't yep. think that can be taken lightly at all. Bush Stadium and screaming, you know, mm-hmm. 50,000 screaming fans. Uh, you know, the, the Phillies you know haven't exactly been a playoff regular, and, you know, regular season records go out the window. So, again, I think it's going to be a challenge uh, in games one and two, but if they can win one, at least against Nola and Wheeler, I like their chances to win in three.
1: Good stuff, and then that would... uh cause us to reach out to you to preview the Braves and the Cardinals series that uh, we certainly hope happens. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com, thecardinalnation.com. Brian, thanks for doing this for us. Appreciate it as always. Thank you.
0: We'll talk to you next week. All right, fingers (laughs)
1: crossed. I love it. Good stuff. Brian Walton on those Redbirds as they get set to uh, host the Phillies three-game set Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Have you seen start times for these games?
2: No, Uh, have not been announced yet.
1: Who would they st- they probably get the Blue Jays out of the way because they don't re- measure ratings-wise. Wouldn't
2: they be the day series? I think it'll be Rays-Guardians first. You do? I think that'll be the noon first pitch, then Mariners-Blue Jays, then Mets-Padres. Do you put the Cardinals—how late can he make the Cardinals? Oh. Can he start that at 8.05? Is that the um, latest you can because go? Because they're all Eastern Time Zone he- with the exception of the red can cards, do right? 8.30? That's going to be a late late night. There's no mountain time zone. There is no Pacific time zone. (laughs) And because of that... Yeah, if you're kind of pushing around, it'll be interesting. And in, mm-hmm. I'm sure baseball, I would guess today, though. I would we hope. It. I mean, tomorrow is a travel
1: day. All right. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back and talk Hawks. David Eicholt was part of the press conferences yesterday. We'll uh, pick his brain on what he heard. Dave Sproul, likewise on the Cyclones, kicks off hour two. And Mitch Holt is the voice of the Chiefs uh, in hour number two as well. Miller and Condon uh, back after these messages on Des Moines Sports Station, 106market.com back to Miller and Condon on
0: 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent.
1: Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's talk some Hawks, shall we? David Eichholz joins the program uh, Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. He was at the press conference availabilities yesterday, and he joins us to recap what he heard and take a peek at Illinois. Good to have you back, David Eichel. Trent and Ken, how are things with you?
3: Hey, things going well, guys. Always appreciate you having me on.
1: As we do your appearance with us. So thank you. Back Right back at you. So uh, what did you hear yesterday? Um, I know that... I guess kind of the the talking points amongst Ferentz and company. They're seeing baby steps uh, with with this Iowa offense, um, and I I, th- I think it's fair to say that they're taking baby steps. It's it's also fair to criticize that those steps aren't big enough, and shouldn't we be further along than you know patting each other on the back for the baby steps that we're seeing this offense? But to be fair, it was their best offensive output of the season this past weekend. Fair to say.
3: You know, I've gone back and forth about that question, and I'm not really as positive as some other people are about this offense. Because look, when the game actually mattered, Iowa had under 100 yards of offense. Right. I thought Spencer Petras was good in the fourth quarter, 11 to 14. I actually thought he's played pretty well. I think the offensive line is still inconsistent. I thought they were a little bit better, but Iowa's running game and self-inflicted wounds that just haunt them against Michigan. But. Again, the receivers are getting healthier. Brody Breck's getting more run. Nico Regani's probably as close to 100% as he's been all season long. But Arlen Bruce really hasn't had much of an impact over the past couple weeks. I think that needs to dramatically change. And like you said, I think baby steps aren't really going to get the job done. I believe they're still 130th mm-hmm. in whole yards. Okay, they went from 131st <laughs> to 130th, guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. baby steps in the midst of Big Ten play, and uh-huh. you're about to go up against the team that held Wisconsin to two rushing yards. Wisconsin football, two rushing it's yards. That still does not make sense to me. Yep. And even
2: taking out the sacks, I think it was 38 yards rushing for Wisconsin. We know the game plan. Bielema and crew, they're going to come up with the exact same thing they had. Graham Mertz, he can beat us. They didn't. Spencer Petras, if he can beat it, beat us, you're going to have to do it. Can he? I mean, if he's got one-on-one coverage all game long and the offensive line continues to show some strides in pass blocking, can Spencer Petras win this football game? Mm.
3: That's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I think if you t- take the first couple weeks of Petras, I'd say no, and I'm still not going to go with a confident yes, but I think, it's, I think it's possible if Iowa creates enough turnovers and they put opportunities for Spencer to be successful. I mean, I've argued now that we're five games in. I think this offense is, is the same exact offense as last year, except one, they don't have Linderbaum, and two, this year's offense is not as opportunistic as last year. I think that's what really set them apart, and that's why they won games last year. Is Petrus and company took advantage of it to at least get three points on the board, if not seven. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well. I mean, like you said, Illinois is going to load the box, and they're going to say, Spencer, you know, throw the ball to Arlen Bruce, throw the ball to Nico, throw the ball to Luke Lachey, who I think is yes. in the right spot yep. for this team over the past couple of weeks. He, he was my preseason breakout player for this offense. But, I think ultimately what has to happen is Iowa's offensive line has to be more consistent. I still think you need a heavy dose of Caleb Johnson. I think he has by far Mm the most upside in that running back room. And Iowa needs to get back to its bread and butter of utilizing the play action and ultimately take some shots downfield. Because if you're taking a shot downfield and it's a turnover, but you throw the ball 45, 50 yards, you're essentially punting the other team. But you're also showing the team, hey, You know, we're not afraid to take some deep shots, and I think that's what Iowa's going to have to do. If they want to win this game, they have to create explosive plays.
1: Yeah, I want to see more of it, no doubt about it. And one of those guys that we thought would be on the receiving end of those. I mean, did Keegan Johnson's name even come up at the press conference yesterday, or does it seem like everybody's moved on?
3: You know, that's one of the storylines I'm still very intrigued about. I mean, we didn't specifically ask about Keegan the other day, but he was updating us about the wide receivers. Keegan's name was not mentioned, and I can't remember which reporter asked Kirk on Saturday following the Michigan game, but he asked about Deontay and Keegan, and Kirk only talked about Deontay, it's not talk about Keegan. Hmm. So as far as I'm aware of, he's still having that hamstring injury and it's still lingering, but I think if he doesn't play this week and if he doesn't play coming out of the bye week or he's not listed on the depth chart, I mean, I think it's going to be incredibly fair to ask Kirk if they're yeah. thinking about redshirting him at this point.
2: Has he, if it gets to that point, will ever play another game in a Hawkeye uniform? Do you think that's also on the table?
3: You know, I don't want to feed into the rumor mill because I have no con- – I want to preface my comments by saying I have no concrete evidence, mm-hmm. not anything I'm hearing buzz-wise. Mm-hmm. But I think when you look at just how long – how frustrating this Iowa offense has been, when you look at what Charlie Jones has done to Purdue, granted, they're two different schemes, uh, and you just sort of see the writing on the wall. It's, I think it's very possible to think that. I think it's irresponsible to assume. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd be quite cautious, people – to assume that he's gone because from everything i've heard from his teammates from behind the scenes Keegan's still involved in the wide receiver room he's still coaching from the sidelines he's still being a good teammate and i think that's very very important it is when it comes down to this kind of stuff and i think once (laughs) players take a step back following the season i think they can really sort of evaluate where their position group is instead of just utilizing the in-season sort of emotional highs and lows that come with it. And Keegan comes from a big football family. He's one of the mature, most mature freshmen I've ever interviewed. Uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. but uh, So I think regardless of what happens, I think he'll fairly evaluate. So, again, I think it's reasonable to say it's on the table. I think it's irresponsible and way, way, way too soon to assume that he's going to be gone. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that's, that's fair to say. I mean, he could save – you know, but save that red shirt for for another program too. Would be certainly would be uh, optimum. Anyways, we'll 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 uh, put that one on the back burner for now. So let's talk about the defense. And it sounds like Terry Roberts is back to assuming his post. Not that Cooper DeGene has been bad by any means. He's been terrific. But you want him in that cash spot. So would it, it would if if Terry Roberts is is able to answer the bell and more so this week than last, do you just plug him right back in at left corner and just move uh, Cooper DeGene back to the cash position, or how will they? handle that?
3: I think so. If Terry Roberts is 100%, I think he's done enough this season. He's made enough big plays that you have to throw him back at corner. And the good news is, it's Cooper. And I'll say this. I I told you guys a few weeks earlier. I think Cooper DeGene's probably the most versatile football player on Iowa's team. He might be the best Mm -hmm. football player on Iowa's team. And it's amazing that being a true sophomore, he understands how to play safety at a high level. He understands how to play the cash. He understands how to play cornerback. And Terry... As good as he is, I think he belongs at corner. And just say, hey, Cooper, we we need you on the field. I think he's a front runner for Big Ten defensive back of the year so far. Throw him in at cash, and he can do some things. And if if it doesn't work out, throw Cooper back out at corner. And I think Sebastian Castro has more than earned a spot somewhere on this defense. I just think the problem is it's so loaded right now. But Castro, I thought, has played tremendous football in his limited opportunities. And with Justin Jacobs out for the remainder of the year, I'm very curious to see how Iowa sort of goes about these type of things because look, I thought Jay Higgins played well last week at linebackers. So Seth Wallace and and Phil Parker certainly have a lot of options on the table right now.
2: A lot of depth, and boy, he could use a little depth offensively. Cooper DeGene, the question was asked last week, some kind of package for him. Doesn't appear to be in the cards, but with your offense struggling, you certainly wonder uh, going into the bye week and then the Buckeyes after that. Illinois got the big win last week. They got Minnesota coming up next. I don't think this is a look-ahead, and Beal certainly is not going to have it be that look-ahead sandwich game that, that you have against Iowa here, but Matchup wise Michigan, they just play smart football, and that is a recipe for success against Iowa. The way that Illinois plays, does this set up, certainly talent-wise, the gap is not as significant, but just in terms of of style of play, does this fit well with what Iowa's trying to do defensively in slowing down that run game?
3: I think so, but I'd also say this. I think the big difference between Illinois this year and Illinois of the past is they have stability at quarterback. I mean, I think they've always been able to run the ball pretty efficiently. I think Chase Brown's one of the more underrated Mm -hmm. backs in the country. I think he has been. Um, But I think the wide receivers are putting it together. Tommy DeVito has nine touchdowns, two interceptions, completing 70% of his passes. If you look at the quarterback ratings and, and the quarterback stats from Illinois these past several years, they've had no stability. They've had no playmaker. DeVito's a smart player, and I think that's really helped elevate that offense to where they want to get to, and I think they have some athletes on the edge. But I think if you're Iowa, you have to sell out to stop the run. I think Illinois could do the same thing. And I think they're going to have two similar strategies sell out on the run and make the quarterback beat you. And I think that's exactly what Iowa's going to do. And I'm very, very eager to see Iowa's defensive line, how they come out after what I think was their worst performance of the season against Michigan. Hmm.
1: Who's, the, uh, who's the team to beat in the Big Ten West?
3: <laughs> whoever's playing on Saturday. I think, I think it's about everybody, guys. I, yeah. I finally buy stock in Minnesota. Yeah, they, they, they get crushed. Right. We, we have a six-way tie for first. and People are going to laugh at me when I say this. Don't sleep on Nebraska. Their defense, mm. I think moving Shenander is a big deal. I still have a lot of question marks about their defense, but Casey mm-hmm. Thompson is, is the real deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I I think he can win you some games. He's that playmaker quarterback that can make some things happen. I think if I had to pick a team, it's probably Illinois to this point, because I'm certainly not buying stock in Wisconsin after what I've seen in no. the past couple of weeks.
1: No, you can't. David Eichold, Hawkeye Insider, 24-7 Sports. David, thank you, uh, as always. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, David Eichold. You have a good rest of your week. Hey, you guys as well. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate that.
2: Uh, what are the Big Ten West odds? Have you found them? No, I haven't seen them anywhere. I, I've been searching that's all over such the place. A crap shoot. No, you can look at. You can make case for a bunch of teams. Wisconsin, maybe they got their guy all of a sudden. Do, Do you, you throw dirt on them already with two losses? See, I, I'm,
1: I'm convinced that's why um, Chris was showing the door as much as oh, anything. Yeah, this is Jim Leonard? We don't want him getting. A, don't want him to get away.
2: And it's Iowa basketball media day today. No, it's not. It is.